What up, everybody? It's back with the Feedback Podcast. And in this episode, I sit down with DJ Protégé and DJ Mike Swing, uh, who you probably heard around town. These guys are everywhere. And they're some of my favorite DJs. Um, and we talk about how they got started DJing, uh, where the names come from, which is actually a pretty cool story. Uh, how they met, uh, how their styles are different. We talk about uh, the local scene here in Austin. And also the projects they're working on, like the new Jack Swing Party with DJ Kid Slice and uh, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, there was a good conversation. I really like talking to those guys. So this one's a little longer than I thought it was going to be, but it's still a great, uh, great conversation we had. So stay tuned. All right, let's go. What up is back with the Feedback Podcast, and today I have the honor to sit down with Jason, a.k.a. DJ Protégé. What up? Dancing in my chair. <laughs> <laughs> and to his left, my good friend, DJ Mike Swing. How you doing? Hi, guys. Doing good, good. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. I appreciate being here. Uh, it's too. only cross town. I mean, it, it really only took a tank of gas to get here. Well, Sorry. <laughs> Next time I'll be mobile and I'll bring my shit over. Just beam me over. Beam me. Uh, Give right. him the Metro Pass. <laughs> no, but I, I really want to thank you guys a uh, couple of reasons. One, you both did feedback parties before. You did the boat. Mm-hmm. And you did the the dance one. Yeah. The, the one uh, with the flash mob and all the that. The flash mob. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. You know, I played that the other day and this girl was getting out doing the dance in front of me. The, the audience? Yeah. Are you a, serious? A handlebar. Wow. Must be doing something right. That was a lot and of she fun. had a date. Okay, look, this, the story gets even better. It's a black chick, and she's dating a white guy. The guy that she's with is white. He's just standing there just looking at her, and she's doing the movements as she's standing there talking to him. Just doing the dance. And nobody else caught on? It was just her? Yeah, it was just her. She's not doing it in full motion, like going yeah, across the yeah, dance floor, yeah, yeah, but she's yeah. kind of like standing in place doing the dance. And I'm right there in front of the booth. Like, the booth is right there. You know, I, I kind of have a caddy corner yeah, handlebar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's right there by where the gla- where the they open up the window, though. She's right there doing it. That I is immediately dope. thought of it. Yeah, it was that really dope. dope. Thank yeah, you. It was real dope. This past Friday. Nice. And I want to thank you too, Jason, because you provided the music for the podcast. The oh, intro the intro theme song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that. Um, but let's get into it. So for those who don't know you, I don't know who doesn't know you, but for those who don't. Um, I'm, I'm nobody. Oh, shut yeah. up. You're nobody. <laughs> You're protege. Uh, how did you guys get started DJing? Give, me, give us a little backstory, Jason. Uh, man, uh, in high school and in middle school, it was a lot of, uh, break dancing, a lot of graffiti, um, even rapping back in the day. It was anything that we could do to get our hands on hip hop. We were, we were so, so into it. Uh, I mean, everything from Mob Deep to Wu-Tang and then when Common's Resurrection album came out and kind of changed it from so much like rah-rah to more like a boom bap kind of, uh-huh. not necessarily a positive movement hip hop, but it, it it was a different hip hop for everything that was going on with the Onyx Slam and all this other right, right, stuff right. that was going on, and and that really just changed my mentality and like really pushed it harder. And then I ran into an old friend of mine, uh, Felix, uh, DJ Flow Rock in high school. We had a class together, mm-hmm. and uh, he always heard me and my buddy like beatboxing and freestyling in the back. 
You and used you to were free, beatbox. You were to beatbox. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm telling you, we I did, did it. I don't even know this. No, <laughs> this is how I met Felix. This is it's it's kind of okay. Keep, keep in the back going, of the bus. Going, keep no, going. no, no, in the back of the classroom. In the back of the class. So we were beatboxing we, in class. Yeah. So me, what a nice uh, he was. me and Giancarlo uh, Pijat were in the back. Uh, who's now B boy out in San Francisco, and and he was part of uh, Alien Squad back in the day in Austin. Um, and so we would always be in the back. Cause we're always just knuckleheads acting up, and so we were always rapping and stuff. And that day we had a substitute teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I wasn't—I had already quit playing baseball, I quit playing basketball, I quit playing football. Uh, it was my senior year; I didn't want to do anything. And so the senior, so they came on the announcement. They're like, they're like football players and basketball players and baseball players and band can leave to go prepare for the pep rally. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm in baseball, and and the substitute teacher had no idea. So he was like, Okay, see you later. It was this young substitute teacher. He didn't care. He he didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So I go to the bathroom and I look at Giancarlo and I was like, I'm out. Fuck this. So <laughs> so I go and I just go to the bathroom and I'm like, I'm going home. I'm going home early. I ain't going to a stupid pep rally. So I'm in the bathroom taking a piss and and then all of a sudden I hear the door open and uh, and I hear, so you rap, huh? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> was that creep- while you were pissing? <laughs> yeah, that's the creepiest yeah. thing ever. Yeah, it's like it's it's, I don't even know who's Do behind me. He's like he's like. And he was real cocky, like almost like, so you rap, huh? Like real, real arrogant <laughs> shit. And I looked around and I was just like, uh, kind of, yeah, I guess, yeah. And uh, and he was like, why DJ? And I was like, are we in the same class? He's like, yeah, I sit in the front. And I was like, well, I, I sit in the back. And uh, so and then, and then so he started. He told me he DJed, and I was like, I'd always listened to Miami bass DJs cutting and scratching, mm-hmm. and so that was my introduction to Felix. I had him in a class for almost a year and didn't even know the dude. And then one day taking a piss, he was like behind me. So you, so you rap, huh? Like, just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird, really weird moment. But turns out he became one of my closest friends, uh, introduced me to DJing. And before I even had turntables, uh-huh. was letting me scratch and, and play around at his house on his techniques um, in the 11th grade. And that's where it all started. And then, so I worked all summer to get my first techniques at Taco Bell, and then uh, that's that's where it all started. And then I got my turntables and quit Taco Bell. Well, so you guys never, you never, he never DJ for you, and you were rapping on the mic. That never happened. No, we would drink, we would drink in high school, and like you know, somebody would be playing beats, and we would record it and just play it back and play around. And then whenever I got the chance and nobody was doing nothing, I would you know get on the turntables and try and do it. I want to hear your rap. It's dude. It's been so long. Man. I don't care. I don't even know if I got tapes of that. I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's somewhere. Felix has old tapes of that on still on cassette. Nice. Like this. This is like '96, '95, '96, probably. But overall, you were like a golden era, like yeah, '90s. I, I really feel like that's that's kind of like where I came into like really consciousness with hip hop and knowing like what is what and and analyzing lyrics and stuff and you know because like Wu-Tang in the beginning was everything every other word was scientific technologic and it was like these super big Love fucking that. words yeah I didn't you know what they meant at back then no, well no because like hip-hop it was just like who could come up with the biggest word with the longest definition and make it rhyme and make sense you know right, what I mean right. it was real real like thinking type of hip-hop and now people are like shorty what that's a hot eight bar what what and that's the end of the song and it's like what that that's stupid what that's why I don't see eye to eye with a lot of the hip hop. It's not lyrical for me. Mm-hmm. It's not engaging intelligently. So maybe that's why I don't relate to it. But that's where it all stems from for me is meeting a dude in a pisser at high school <laughs> at Crockett High School in South that's Austin. Classic man, yeah. I love it. No shit, it's 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 it's, it's not cute. But I it's, I didn't even know that story to be honest with you. I yeah, I didn't even know that. That's Damn. how I met Felix. Wow. So what about you? Did someone piss and? No. Um. <laughs> wow. I had a, a much different story. Um. 
He's Asian. They were born turntables. No. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh, growing up, uh, one time I was watching um, the American Music Awards. I, I was really, this is before DJing, but this is what got me thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I saw Herbie Hancock's Rocket video and the scratching and that, you know, real yeah. basic. And I always remember seeing those mechanical legs, those girls' legs yeah, that, yeah, 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 that were going that. along with the scratching. So that always in my mind. See my dad's turntable. You know, he'd go off to work, and they would, no one would be home. i put a record on there. i try. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why does this not sound like anything? <laughs> I'm not anything, doing Herbie Hancock. Yeah, this, this, this does not sound like anything even cool at all. Like, you know, it's just skipping. My dad, you know, I'm worried about, you know, bending the needle and whatnot. And then I figured out you could put a 45 on there, and it moves a lot easier. So mm-hmm. I did that for a while. Then I figured out you could take the rubber mat off. <laughs> the big, thick, yeah. two-inch rubber mat. So this is me in elementary school. Those Time goes heavy. on. Go to uh, middle school. I get a sound design boombox at home. It has a double cassette deck and a turntable, bell-driven turntable on the top, made out of plastic. Uh-huh. Man, I lost my mind. I was so happy about getting that. I used to skip school lunch so I could save up money to buy 45s. Because my thinking was if I got the 45, I could record it to cassette. So I'd have it right. on cassette and on record, and it was small enough so I could try to scratch it. Wow. That, okay, that's so that's organized. Yeah, I mean, Dude, I, this guy, you, you have no idea. <laughs> Everything's organized except for like the shoes in the studio room at his, just, at his place. It's just like a pile of shit. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, that's a whole different story. Anyway, so that's middle school. <laughs> High school comes along. I'm buying cassettes. I'm really getting into music. You know, I was really into hip hop, R and B, everything. Mm-hmm. Had anything to do with it? I was just trying to absorb as much of it as I could. East Coast, West Coast, whatever. You know, that goes on. Start college. Go to UT. First two years, I'm miserable as fuck. I have eight friends, and they're all from high school. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I wasn't their friends in high school, really, so I was trying to be their friends here because I didn't have any other friends here. I just had my girlfriend here, and that was it. So I pick up a Vibe magazine on the way home from the library. I'm on the Cameron Road mm-hmm. bus, and they have a chronological order of hip-hop on there. And they get, they get to 87, and they have a, at the very bottom has a picture of a Technics 1200 turntable. And says this becomes a standard for all DJs. I was like, "Oh shit, I should try to get one." <laughs> Little did I know they were about five hundred dollars a piece. And back then they had them in Circuit City, so I saw one there, and I was like, "Oh, how can I get this and make this happen? Let me they, just get let me they, just get a one." They did have them in Circuit City. They did. They, they used had them at Fries too. Yeah. So I I went like any other college kid. I went and applied for a credit card. You got it right there on the spot. Got a Discover card. And then I figured out that they had him at the pawn shop. So I went to Colleen. Got one at a pawn shop because it came with a needle and that cost more money. And I'm broke. Uh-huh. I get that. And then my sister, she sees that, you know, I'm really trying to do this. So I love my sister to death. She used her, uh, her tax return to help buy me my first mixer. Aww. So I have on, one. All, all together. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Joe, hey, Joanne's a trooper. She's cool, man. Yeah. So uh, big ups to my sister. She uh, she helped me out. She got me my first mixer, and Les still has it to this day in New York. He has that mixer? He has that mixer. Yeah, I let him use it. What is it. Les doing with it? I don't know. I, I got to get it back from when I go to New York next time. Next time I don't fight. Well, I don't know if I'm fine. Anyway, so really that's how I started DJing is because I saw a picture of a turntable in a Vibe magazine on the way home from college. That's what, that's what the spark was that made me want to buy something or actually really try to do it. Well, that, When you see that Herbie Hancock video, you got to cry or something. 
<laughs> no, I mean every every time I see it, I, I think about that. That's that's all I think about is that scratching yeah, sound yeah, yeah. and that noise. You know, I I thought it was noise. I didn't know what it was. But w- w- were your parents in, into music? Did they have a collection of a bunch of '60s or '70s music or any like anything like that? My dad was very much into funk and soul, so I listened to a lot of like the Silvers and um, you know Gap Band, a right. lot of Cool in the Gang, Lionel Richie, uh, Commodores. I mean, so, so you already had access to all that music, right? Yeah, I had it on vinyl. I remember having Thriller. I mean, I remember when I first heard uh, Sugar Hill Gang, uh, Rapper's Delight. I didn't know that was hip-hop. Back then, there wasn't a name for it. Right. It wasn't a genre. It was, it was just, I don't know what we thought it was. I was listening to that in Blondie and thought that was the same shit. We're in Germany. <laughs> you too, Jay? What's that? Which one? The Blondie? No. Did, did your parents have a... No, my parents... No, my mom was into like psychedelic rock and like... And like rock, like classic rock, Led Zeppelin and stuff like that, which were a lot of where all the the break records that Beastie Boys and stuff used came from was from their breaks, because mm-hmm. they were sampling a lot of rock breaks and stuff. But and my dad was listening to like country and like like Mexican music, like Flaco Jimenez and stuff like that. So I didn't get I didn't get introduced to to hip hop till middle school, hanging out with my friends. Oh okay, yeah, and, and that that was my introduction to hip hop. So it was really weird, like mm-hmm. rock and then Spanish and country, and then when I was with my friends, it was hip hop. And of course, my dad didn't. Want to hear any of that in the house and my mom didn't really give a damn either way so yeah Dude, my sister exposed me to hip-hop she came home and taught me the words to lottie dottie when i was like four years old i remember i was trying to teach it to my uncle who came over from korea so i was trying to teach my uncle lottie dottie lottie dottie uh and he's korean doesn't know any english at all <laughs> lottie dottie lottie dottie Lottie Dottie, we, we like, like to party. party. Yeah, that, that, trouble. so he's like, Roddy Dottie, we like to party. <laughs> like, I just remember it was, you know, it, it's really. Rory, Rory. Rory. Yeah, Rory, I mean, Rory. That, that's just really how it was. But my sister, God, you know, when, when you got me thinking about this, she's the one that really introduced me to hip hop and DJing because she would bring home flyers of like people in, um, you know, dudes in uh, jumpsuits and stuff like that, wearing uh, in gold chains and like Adidas. And mm-hmm. my sister bought uh, some Shelto Adidas, and she had lime green fat laces. And I remember when she grew out of them, she let me have them, and I was, like, oh, I was so happy. I had some parachute pants. Oh, uh, we all did. Yep, <laughs> eleven pockets. I went to go see Break In with the Dya. Those are good times. That was that was that's my favorite dance movie to this day. Yep. To this day, breaking. Damn, I'm when I saw that, I, I, I had the broom. I went outside. Yeah, and I'm about to say, I can see. Ba- I, can, I can see back dancing with the broom right, oh, right now. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> and when I saw it, I didn't see the string when he did that trick. You know, I yeah. was like four or something, four or five. Hey, it wasn't high def back then. You yeah. can see it on the screen. But I was like, I was blown away by that movie. Dude, fishing string in a broom. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll get the we'll GoPro. Go Let's film it. <laughs> <laughs> we should. So how was the? Uh, so how did the transition happen uh, from doing all that to you know DJing in Austin? At, at bars or whatever I, I was um, This it kind of leads into how I met Mike mm-hmm. So Again being like really into hip hop If there was any show I can get into Whether it was still in high school or outside high school So a mutual friend uh, from, from years back uh, Which was how I met Les Where he got Where his, new mic, or his first mixer is at um, So I went to a hip hop show at the South Austin Recreation Center Mm-hmm. Um, and we used to go there and play basketball like every day, but there was like a hip hop concert there and I was like, what? let's go. So me and my, my, my boys, we all went and, uh, I was already DJing. I had my turntables and stuff. And it was like, I can't remember it was 11th or 12th grade. I can't remember, but I ended up seeing chaotix, which is a hip hop group. Oh, um, oh yes. From Houston. Yeah. 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 I love chaotix, uh, yeah. Mike and D and, uh, and the R was producing him at the time he was going by just Russell, Russell. 
And he's he's gone through several name changes. Either way, he's a cool dude. Anyway, he's still wrestling to me. Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. And uh, and uh, so I went to this hip hop show, and I ended up meeting, and uh, they were selling records and stuff, and I ended up buying two records of the Chaotix records at the show from their first album, Universal, with, uh, with the Seven MCs. Uh, I think uh, what you're talking about might be later. Yeah, maybe. Because um, these are like records that they printed themselves and were selling themselves. Uh-huh. It was real low budget, and uh, and that's how I met Jeff Cassius, who's in Houston now. Mm-hmm. Um, originally from Houston, moved to Austin to go to UT, um, and I met Jeff. And, and I don't know how I got talking to him. I mean, um, knowing me, I just asked a million questions, and he was just like, "Yeah, kick this." Come back here, uh, which is backstage on the little South Austin Rec stage. Yeah, and uh, and he ended up introducing me to uh, Chaotix and stuff, and I already had the record, so it was kind of cool. And then he introduced me to Les. Les had a radio show, and that led into me hanging out with them late night, just sitting in and kind of being in all the radio show at UT, being introduced to Mike because Mike came in after that. So you had the radio show. Yeah, Mike did uh, one to three. I had a one to two. God, I had a, I had some bad slots. But at the end, we had uh, we had, a, we, had we had eleven to one before. Hip hop ain't got no home at UT no when, more. When we ended the show, so that's how that's how y'all met. We met through radio. Yeah, at UT. I, I actually remember that radio because when I when I was there, I think uh, who was on maybe Bavu was on there. That used to be a hip hop thing. And I was Bavu doing UT or was he doing eighty eight point seven? I think it was a UT thing because I applied for the I applied to be part of that radio, but my uh, my schedule was so fucked up that I had I had no time. They wanted me to uh, be in there, but it, yeah, like now they don't they don't even they don't want to mess with hip hop. Like oh, the director's so jaded against hip hop. Like there is no hip hop show. And, if, and the last one, me and Mike actually talked to the guy. What was that dude's name? I don't even remember. Um, but um, but yeah, we we met the guy who's doing a hip hop show, and they gave him like something like three in the morning to five in the morning. To do hip hop, and even then, like they gave him like really strict rules to where he couldn't play anything, and he was playing mainly just R and B because it was just so tough on him. So, That's... where did the names come from? Um, well, yeah, this this goes back to for me personally, it goes back to um the whole hip hop thing, like using big words and like what they meant and like the terminology behind it. And uh, when I first got my turntables, I wasn't a DJ, and I was just trying to really just be a part of something and. Uh, and so me and my boys, it just it kind of just goes like you know I was like, yo, when I'm gonna be a D, like right now I'm I'm gonna be DJ protege because I'm not a DJ yet, but I was like I'm, I'm gonna be that dude like you know, and you that's where protege came from. <laughs> yeah, so that's where that came. That's where the, <laughs> I'm learning so much shit tonight. That's where it came from. <laughs> and, and like because we're all, and like because like even Matt, you know Matt, Matt yeah. Matt had a DJ name because everybody would like I would go to Felix's and scratch over there, but when we're at my house, everybody in my neighborhood would come over and take their and scratching. So DJ Smooth, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. Everybody had like their own little DJ names, and the only people that stuck with it was, was me. And then Chris kind of just disappeared. And then later in life, um, you know, ten years later or something, then he was able to buy turntables. I guess as he was more established with his with his real job, mm-hmm. he bought turntables and started getting into it again. So you named yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that came from oh you said uh, yeah because like I was like you know again we're like we're talking about like the whole definition of and we're like the whole at the time hip hop was like terminology and definition and wow yeah and that's and <laughs> you were really on some intellectual shit back then Jason yeah. dude I'm wow. telling you man we we were nerds man like we were nerdy hip hop college heads. radio was perfect for somewhere you. in some, in some it nerds. was dude like it really was college radio was perfect dude, for you at the time like yeah UT college radio then was like the nerdy arrogant hip hop purist like. 
Like you would see nightly arguments at the radio station about like a KRS one verse talking <laughs> talking shit to somebody else in a rhyme, like and they were arguing about what it meant type shit. Yeah. Oh, like, I remember those and days. And there were deep arguments to the point people were like getting cussed out. Like Jeff was always in Jeff, the middle yep, of that. Jeff Cash, Jeff, goddamn. Dude, Jeff. he was always in the middle of it, instigating it. Like and Jeff was Jeff was he's always been like a troublemaker, it seems. Mm-hmm. And uh and 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 in those arguments was Jeff was always in the midst of the shit. Jeff likes to start fires. It's called it's cool. So yeah. what what about you? Where did the swing part come in? Oh, my name, um, uh, I, I, I love 80s, 90s, hip-hop, R&B. Uh, I was uh, just starting to DJ, got that turntable. I had a guy ask me to um, play for a party in Jollyville, whatever, you know, Austin right here, Jollyville. So he said, hey, I'm going to put your name on the flyer. And I was like, oh, shit. He's like, what's your <laughs> name? name? He's like, what's your name? And I was like, uh, and I was just sitting there on the phone with him, landline back then. Uh, <laughs> and um, I'm listening to Murder Was a Case soundtrack at that very moment. Uh-huh. There is a song on there with Joe DeCy and uh, the Dog Pound called Come Up Into My Room. I remember it. So there's a little part in there where she goes, so what's your name? There's a girl speaking in the background, and he says, Devontae Swing. Uh-huh. So at that time, I was like, okay, maybe I'll just be DJ Swing. Because it, it was just like, it just happened right then and there. I was on the phone. I was like, so he said, you know, he's like, okay, I'll put DJ Swing. So he did it. Mm-hmm. That stuck with me for a while. Then when I got to radio, there's a buddy of mine named Harrison, um, Harrison Hemphill, that's, uh, who went to the... Uh, Rival high school in uh, back and clean. That's one of his eight friends. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was one of the eight, and and he went to a rival high school. Yeah, you see, that's how bad it was for me. But he stuck with me, and he went to my radio show like from five to seven in the morning when I only had like three listeners. So one day I had a phone call for something, and he's just like he took the note, you know, those notes where it says, "Hey, someone called, left you this yeah, or whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the back, he writes Mike Swing on it. And then he keeps referring to me as Mike Swing. And he just kept doing it at the radio station, the radio show. And then I still have that little post-it that he wrote it on. And then the name just stuck. So kind of like I gave it to myself and then he did it for me. And then it just stuck. Nice, man. I'm learning. I, I like awesome. it. And I like it because it's my name. But then I, I kind of wish I didn't have a DJ name. Like I just wanted to be. I wish it was what just. Would you I, be? I'll just be what? Michael Williams. Yeah. I mean, I thought really? like for so many years, like I should have changed my name. To yeah. What? what would it be? I, w- I was thinking like it'd just be Jay Hernandez, like why that simple when it's you know you know you you're you're from the I mean I've created I've created a brand now so like, right you know what I mean it, it's and that's why I, I I've always thought about it but never actually done it and with as much stuff as I've released like it would be pointless. Is to, there another protege out there? Do you know? Yeah, there's there's a, I know recently there's a guy that came up. Uh, that that's kind of popped up on the internet because I'm always checking like analytics. And he be stuff. googling himself, I do, I, <laughs> dude. I'm the I'm top five pages, baby. What pictures and web links? But I'm I, not, did, I did. I did there's Google this, you. There's this kid out of South Africa uh, that plays trance, uh-huh. and uh, and he's always and, you know I've I've seen a couple of his pictures. So I'm like, man, who's this little punk? And then I always <laughs> see him like sitting on a record crate, but he plays CDs and then standing up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Check this out. And then he'll be standing up in another photo, holding his headphones out in front of the camera like this like you know the real cliche picture he is the ultimate hater hey <laughs> hey when it comes to djing i after after almost like 18 19 years i've deserved the right to talk a little bit of shit you're still right. protege though yeah you're I supposed am. to graduate at some point <laughs> no i won't dude because <laughs> no because no matter how good i may get or people may think i am like honestly dude like i'm not nothing and i just want to be better than what i am yesterday type thing nice i and, like that like i've never i've never stopped like like in thought like okay this is good enough mm-hmm. like we we're at scratch practice over at apes house the other night like 
I'm 34 years old. I'm over here scratch practice with fucking 20 year olds. <laughs> you still got it. No, I mean, I can hold my own for sure, but I mean, that's the point. Like, you just don't stop learning and practicing. Now, I want to go back a little bit to where I met you and where I officially met you. You were at Barcelona. I was the king of motherfucking Sixth Street. The, uh, king of Sixth Street. <laughs> um, look, that, that's, that to me was... That's a fun time It was the Austin. greatest thing I've ever heard. Because <laughs> somebody had a good idea to give this man a mic. <laughs> and he used oh, to call no. people out. Tony's the ultimate hater, man. Yeah, he used to call people out on the dance floor. Dude, it, I would it, it cut I would, the music out. I would cut the music out, cuss them out, and then buy them a shot. And everybody loved it, including the dude I cussed out. Wow. I'm the king of Sixth Street. It only happened DJ one Potter time. Jay. It only happened one time. A dude with dreadlocks one time got really pissed. He didn't have dreadlocks. He had cornrows. And he got mad because I called him out because he was in the center of the dance floor, wasn't dancing, wasn't drinking. He was just standing there like a fucking bump on a log. And I called him out like normal, and he got all pissy. So I pulled Wedding Singer on him. I was like, what are you going to do? I got the mic. Get the fuck out of my bar if you don't like it. And uh, Jason Jones' ears perked up the GM at the time. Yeah. He was like, Arr? And Jason was just like, and I guess he saw it was like the dude like try to walk towards me and he took like two steps and Jason Jones like dragged him out the front door. He's like, you okay? And I was like, yeah, if you don't like the show, tell him don't buy a fucking ticket. I'm the king of six feet, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> and of course the whole bar is like clapping and cheering the whole dude, time. We were, we were there like Thursday, yeah, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Dude, it was time. so much fun. It was fun. a lot of fun. It was so much fun. I don't think I've ever had that much, but I drank back then. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was going to point that out. Head you put an asterisk <laughs> by that little, by those quotes. Like, that's fat drinking Jason. <laughs> <laughs> that's when he had some meat on his bones and he could fight and all that shit. Now. No, I didn't have to fight because Bert would hit people with bottles and oh, threaten yeah. people. Bert would beat up anybody. True. Yeah, Bert, I, Bert, Bert wouldn't let nobody come two feet from me. <laughs> Those were the days, man. Yeah. And you, I think, when I first um, saw you, I think was when you did the nothing new thing. That was big to me. Oh, that was Fest. that was such a dope party, man! Like that, that weekly on was Thursdays. Dope. Yeah, Red Fest Thursdays. Nothing it was new. Uh, nothing new Thursdays. It was myself, Chicken George, Manny, uh, Manny, and DJ Gibby from San Antonio, and we just alternated Thursdays. And our whole theme, uh, the way okay, I'll tell you the story behind that. Matt Lucky was in love with Chicken George. Anything that Chicken George did. Mm-hmm. Matt Lucky was on his dick. Just like, whoa, dude, you did this. You were awesome. And at the time, Chicken George, I mean, he still is incredibly dope. He just doesn't do the same club stuff that he used to. Right, right, right. But back then, he was, you know, doing, you know, he was making girls move. You know, he was getting the white girls, you know, everybody. Like, he was on it. Like, Chicken George. Chicken George is a dope DJ. Dude, he was fucking killing it at that time. So, Thursdays came up, and there was slow Red Fez. Uh, Matt Lucky went up to Chicken George, like, hey, you know, I want to, you know, give it to you, start something. Jeff, you know, Chicken George, yeah. just getting busy. He was, like, really starting to blow up. He started doing his T-shirts and everything. So he mm-hmm. said, like, He had his own pizza. Yeah, he had his pizza slice. I still want to do that. <laughs> My motherfucker. Dude, I know the owner, the owner of The Onion, he comes and sees me every Saturday night. I don't have a slice of pizza. Anyway, so Chicken George, like, on top of the world, killing it. And he, did, he wanted the Thursday, but he didn't want to do it all the time. So he's like, maybe I'll do a rotation. So at the time, he's telling me about it. And he's at my crib going through records. Like, we're still going through vinyl at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, maybe I'll do an old school. And I was like, yeah, you should. What a great idea. <laughs> and then he's like, what should we call it? And then I said, we should call it nothing new. And I was like, we shouldn't play anything new, just old school shit, nothing. And then he's like, well, how? And I was like, well, let's make it like nothing past the year 2000. Yeah. It has to be 2000 and below. Nothing, you know, above that. And we'll just play cool shit. 
And then we did the first one, and Matt Lucky was there, and I was, oh, I was so, I used to smoke back then, like, and I was, you could smoke in the bars. Hey, I was chain smoking. He was a Newport head. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, my That's mom how did. you know Mike's have black. <laughs> I said, damn it, my mom hears this. Uh, so I was chained, like, I went through, like, a pack of Newports in one night at Red Fez, like, where you sit up on that booth part yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah, I, I had an ashtray right here, drink on one side, turntables propped up. Like, I was so nervous about that gig. Cause it to me it was a big deal to be a Red Fez. I ordered that modern- at the time it was because Red Fez was really popping. You could still yeah, play the biggest like roda- biggest rotation of DJs in in, in town. Well, yeah, not only that, it. but it just like you you had the freedom to play hip hop that you wanted to play and play like neo soul and stuff, and people would show up in droves. Yep. Like now you can't do that. Nope. And at the time, even then, the only people that were coming close was Plush, but that was already dying off from when Sheldon was there. Yeah, and that's kind of like then it, then Red Fez kind of popped up, and it was a new thing. And so, like, if you wanted like good soulful music, that's where you went. Yeah, because Inverse was doing Mondays. Then yeah, Inverse Man, Mondays. Curve Man was Tuesdays. doing Saturdays. Curve was doing Saturdays. Manny had Tuesdays. Wednesdays they had a band. Like that was the night right. where they kind of uh, they had yes. an Indian band. They had an Indian band. Like mm-hmm. Red Fez to me back then was kind of like breaking. It barriers was super eclectic, man. Of, of of a club downtown, like with the music, the events that every they day did. Is something different. Yeah, that's what I it was different. It. The crowd there was different all the time. Like I, I've never seen such a mixed, diverse group of people that like all got down to the same like rock song or hip hop song or or Indian song or anything. Like it was, it was great. Anyways, back to Chicken George. So nothing new. We had the idea. Nothing past the year two thousand, mm-hmm. and we did it for about four years. It went, it went pretty well. It was, it was fun. It was great. It was. I thought it, I thought it was the best. Seriously, because I, I, I'd gotten to that point where I was kind of tired of the stuff that was coming out. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I want to hear the stuff that I grew up on. And so, you know, you probably saw me out there. I don't know how many times. Yeah, I think that's why I first met you was at yeah. uh, Nothing New. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I loved it. Like you I, you approached me. Like, you liked it so much when I, you approached <laughs> me. And you kept, you talked to me about Lost Boys and Renee. That's right. It was and Renee. Yes. And, like, I think I played it. And you were like, oh, yes, this is, I remember this. This is how I learned. Like, you were telling me I learned English on some of these songs and all this shit and everything. And I was like, yeah, I got that. I got that song. I, got that. I remember that. Like, <laughs> And the thing that was cool is we both had different stories about how that song, like, touched us in a different way. You yeah. know, how, like, we first heard it. Like, it reminded of, uh, us of this or that and all that. Loved it. Those were the days, man. Dude, yep. I mean, it was just a, it was a, it was it was it was a really dope spot in Austin for a, for a really decent amount of time. Do you guys remember your your first gigs? Yeah, yeah. Was it a horror story? Uh, mine wasn't that bad. Uh, back then, mine at was UT, pretty bad. Uh, they, oh, you hold on right here. Okay, back to what I was saying. Audience, if you don't know, I'm half black and half Korean. So some people that don't know me very well, they might think I'm Filipino. So. I did a lot of Filipino student association shit <laughs> at UT <laughs> in disguise. So I, I just Undercover. became yeah, I just became friends with them. And then when they asked me, I told them. Then they were like, you know, we don't even give a fuck. You cool? We hang it out. Like it's all cool. So I did a whole bunch of Filipino. They just let you know that Asian people stick together no matter. Hell yeah, who they, they do. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, we do. Hey, I would be at the strip club with Mike Swing, and there'd be like a group of Asian dudes sitting at the table, looking like some, looking like some, like some straight up like mafia shit. And then all of a sudden, there'd be like drinks come over to Mike, and the dudes would like look over, nod their head, smoke their cigarette, and go back to what they're doing. And Mike would be like, like, like it works. Yeah, dude. no, and I've been. It's true. I've been I remember I used to have it like that at the strip club. Yeah, dude. Damn. I was like, who the fuck are these Asian dudes just sending Mike drinks? Like, and it's like they look like some like mafia shit. 
yeah. They own a cleaning place or something like that. I don't fucking know. Anyways, okay. So DJ for Association. Uh, DJ for Filipino Student Association. I got my first gig through them. Right now, it is called uh, Chupacabra. And in the back, there's a, there's a, it's on 6th Street, 6th and right mm, by 6th and uh, Trinity? Yeah. Yeah. On the corner, yeah. Yeah, and they've got the outside patio. Yeah. That patio, uh, I think it used to be called Wiley's. And that was my first gig in 96. Like, I was like 19 or something. And I could, I, I was drinking. I, sh- I shouldn't have been drinking, but I was fucking horrible. I had one 1200, a turntable that, uh, some techniques. I didn't even know how to mix songs. I didn't even know what mixing a song meant. Were you stopping and play? I wouldn't stop and play. I'd do some fade shit. <laughs> or I just slam shit together or something like that. I didn't know. Like, remember, I couldn't mix until like 2002 or something. I wasn't good. I knew, but that's when I got good, when I got the metronome. Remember? Yeah, the the metronome shit for counting beats before Serato and all the oh, new yeah. technology shit, like, that was key. Yeah, you had to have that. That and, like, like, uh, like little thumbnail stickers that you can write the BPM on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, metronome it, and you write it down. So, you thumb through your records, you see the title and the sleeve, and you see that little clip note. Okay, this one will work no matter what. It's the right speed. Yeah. I learned oh. that from DJ Mel. Mel taught Jason, me. Jason Jenkins showed me that shit. Mel taught me to put your records from slowest to fastest in the crate and put them in order like that. So that got my mind in thinking from slowest to fastest. So how, how did you do that night? Oh, that night? Oh, it was great because, man, they were drinking. I mean, it oh, didn't, didn't matter. Care. Yeah, it was Sixth Street. Dude, you're, you're Filipino. Yeah, you're the... dude, yeah. They're drinking. <laughs> they're line dancing to, to come on ride the train and dude, ride it, all that shit. Filipino people will line dance to any fucking song. I've been to a couple of Filipino weddings. They will line dance to any fucking. All right, next time you DJ one, let me know. I will. Like I, I don't. I want to go to a Filipino wedding. Wedding. Three quarter oh. of the cracker nuts are Filipino. I'm telling you, they will line dance to any <laughs> fucking song. Oh yeah. So what about you? What's your horror story? Well, it wasn't necessarily wasn't a horror story, but I was so big into scratching and wanted to be a scratch DJ and stuff. That's all I practiced. So I DJed at a house party for my friend Becky Avila. <laughs> Um, complete sweetheart, and we were all we all hung out. It was a group of girls that I hung out with, and it's like you know, it was a group of guys, and we always hung out together. Mm-hmm. She wanted to have a house party, and she was like, "Hey, uh, we could we could uh, use your turntables if you want to DJ." And I was like, "Hell yeah!" So you know, I go in there. I'm with like, I go in there. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I go in there with my Nas records and shit, and like all this other stuff, and then. Like, I'm scratching and, and just playing music, and I'm scratching. I didn't know any better. I was just scratching over everything the whole time. And I got a story about this fucker right here. There was no party. It was just, like, music playing and me scratching. But there was no, like, blending of the records or nothing, because I didn't think about any of that. So after that one day, mm-hmm. I pretty much locked myself in a room, started blending records and trying to figure out how to do back-to-back. And that's when I started buying doubles instead of just buying singles. And that's that was, but that was my first experience DJing a house party, was doing it for uh, uh, somebody in high school, and we always had parties together. But that first experience like made me go back into my room and not come out for like two months. Oh damn! And after that, I was good. His protege, protege. Yeah. Okay. Look, <laughs> look, people. I'm gonna tell y'all a story about like this dude like being very selfish. Like it, to me, like when when he does stuff like that, and he just starts scratching, and doesn't care about everybody else. That that makes me think of like fat alcoholic. Selfish protege. That's bad. That's back then. So let me tell you guys a story about him being everybody. A fire- had, everybody had bad days. No, but so like at Firehouse, like you remember Firehouse. I remember so, Firehouse. So like back in his heyday, like Jason's <laughs> DJing there and everything, and there's a shitload of girls in there, like dressed up, like like they're ready to party, get down. He starts playing Wu Tang, bring the pain and all this shit and everything, and no one's getting down but him. <laughs> he is the only one, like in his own little world, like just dancing, like I came to bring the pain, hardcore, like he's just like bobbing his head. Like it just and that DJ platform used to be kind of like iffy, like it was real sketchy. Like you had to climb up like two stairs, and like it was like a 
and it, it, it shook. You could, and yeah. I could tell he was getting into it because you could see it moving. Like, you could see the booth moving a little bit. Uh, and I had to go up to him. I was like, dude, this is not about fucking you. Play some Sierra or some shit to make the girls dance. Like, this is not about you. And he's like, <sighs> he didn't even say anything to me. He's just like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> walk away. Wait, well, let, me, let me ask. Let me ask this then. How would you describe each other's styles? I'd say Mike is just like really like, really like methodic when it comes to mixing. Like it's real intelligent, man. Like it, it's everything from like the play. On- <laughs> He's frowning. He's like, what the hell are you talking well, about? Well, like, Mike mixes differently than most people that I know, and it makes sense. Like, he just doesn't play records. Like, he plays records that make sense together, and it, it makes sense, like, in, like almost if it was storyboarded. Like, you know, Mike has, like, a way of, like, reading the crowd better than most people does. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it just it just makes sense. Like, you know, playing the right record at the right time and, the, and then going into a right record, it's like, fuck, why didn't I think about that? The snares make sense. He may not notice it, but I notice that shit. Like it might be like the, a similar snare, and that's the stuff that I try to do on actively on a, on a weekend basis. But he he just seems to do it like effortlessly. Like he plays the right records and knows when to do it and when to do it without like, without really fucking trying. Like you know, like he's just like, oh yeah, this one work. This is perfect. Yeah, this go good. You know, and I'm just like, and wow. I got to think about it. Like which look is blushing. Like which Filipino blush? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't fly without him well, now. Wow, like, wow, thank you, Jason. I really, really appreciate that. I think for Jason, like, when I think of him, I think very, like, a, a like a, a versatile workhorse. Like, like an SUV of DJing. Like, he can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, like an SUV tank. Like, he can, it, it's it's really cool. He can, he can play, like, and the thing about him is, like, if you tell him, to, like, hey, I'm going to do this party, but we're just going to play polka. And he'll be like, give me an hour. <laughs> <laughs> And he'll he'll Google challenge and find that shit, and he'll do a set, and he'll make it sound good. He'll be like, oh, you know, I could remix this and do it real quick on my computer while I'm on the plane before I land. Hey, Mike, look, look at this. My point is that like he's he's one of the most versatile DJs that I know, and and that's why he's one of my favorites. Like he can, I think he can, he obviously can do what I can do and, and better. Like he he can scratch, cut, mix, play every genre under the sun. Or if he can't, he's gonna learn it. Or mm-hmm. you know, it's it's more of a thing where he's not gonna he, he's not gonna not try. Mm-hmm. So I think his style is very, like I said, just very versatile. He can do it. Like he can play on turntables, CDJs, the MIDI crap control, whatever. I don't know. Sorry, I didn't mean crap. He can beatbox, guys, he can rap. Yeah, <laughs> now, and now I found out the fucker could beatbox and rap. And you gotta get that mic back in your you, hands. Dude, we need to get him with some. Dude. I'm gonna slip over graffiti like materials and like we're gonna start breakdancing soon. You, you've never heard me just beatboxing. Walking never. Oh my god. You like, gonna do the outro beatboxing when we're done ask, with this? Ask Mike when I get like get next time you're at the crib. Ask little Mike if 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 he could uh, to beatbox. Tell him beatbox. God, I can't wait. Like to my son to already beatboxes. Wow. I want to hear something. I, I hear need some. to hear this. Yeah, we'll do that. I was beatboxing when, before the mics were on earlier. I was like, you know what I'm saying? I was like going at it. All right, All right Dougie. All right, <laughs> Dougie. Fresh. All right, Razzle. I'm not great. I'm not. All right, Razzle. I know. I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not like. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you how do you guys uh, consume music? Do you seek it out? Do you like research? Do you especially with all this, especially today where everything is digital? Yeah, I think I think it's a combination of everything because, like, I mean, me and Mike have just like a, a mass chain email that almost never ends with a friend of ours named Lou, mm-hmm. and that's mainly based on um, 
it's indie alternative stuff. Uh, sometimes it's hip hop. Some, but the majority of the time it's indie alternative, like indie dance and you know cut copy and you know and, and like like I was stuck on Heim for a long time. I still really love that band, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a lot of stuff like that because Mike likes it. Mike introduced it to me like early on, like yo, this, this is some new different shit, and it's not like anything we're playing. And uh, so Mike introduced me to indie stuff a long time ago. And then Lou happens to like the stuff, and so and we're always like, I mean, I well, it's at least two to three emails a week. Yeah, but we, I mean, we also, I mean, when we do stuff collectively, you know, we we do weird shit. Like we'll watch a movie, like Shazam songs yeah. in a movie, like themes, like you know, oh, dude, what's that disco song and Shazam it while you're watching yeah, the movie? Yeah, do be that like, or be like, oh man, this is from the Last Dragon, but it's from it's from the second half of the movie when he's battling, you know, and and we'd be like, oh, or, that's a good one. Or if there's a commercial that's really big in pop culture, I'm like, you know, what's that song with that commercial? Because if that commercial's hot, uh-huh. it's it's fresh in people's minds, yeah. like because it's pop culture. So if we can incorporate it like that weekend, yeah. you know, for instance, throw there, it on. There's a band that Mike introduced to me called Gossip. And uh, it's this big white chick, um, and and it's just an indie band, and they play like a disco type of rock. And Mike introduced me to it, and I fell in love with it instantly because I I just love disco, whether it be real disco from the seventies or like modern disco stuff. Mm-hmm. I just like the disco sound. It's like a really, it's a it's not fast like electro or house, but it's it's faster than say hip hop or pop music. Right. Um. So he introduced me to gossip, for instance. I started playing gossip, and and because of Mike showed it to me, and then I saw so I've got like a collection of gossip songs that I really like to play out. And then, not too long ago, probably it was like six months ago, I was like, yo, Mike, Gossip's in that new, uh, it's in that new product commercial, so now people are going to know it even more. And he's like, oh, yeah, word, so now we can play Gossip now because it's hit pop culture. But they've been around for a long-ass time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think of that. I think it's, I think it's the product commercial. No, the, uh, it's a Christian Dior oh, with, uh, with yeah. um, Charlie Charlie Theron, yeah. It's, in, it's that commercial, and they're playing like one of their main singles, mm-hmm. uh, one of their first singles, and they're playing it like it's nothing. But you know, at, at like playing it at rain, I could get like five people kind of singing along to it. And now that thing's been out and it's on regular TV, people have researched it and listened to it. And now, like you know, I can get like forty people kind of bobbing their head singing along to it. Yeah, pop culture works. This is uh... dude, it, it's it's great for indie stuff. I mean, it it can backfire and really blow up and make and water something down. But for most instances, I think it really helps. I want to say me getting drunk sometimes helps. Because remember when Albuquerque, I got drunk. I was like, you know what? We should research 60s songs, like like Land of a Thousand oh, I got, Dances. I, I, got a, I got a whole playlist now. And I was like, nah, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. I'm singing that like as I'm I did drunk. A break, I did a breakbeat remix to it, and I sent it out. And now like, we're sure. like, we kind of got on all the old, like, you know, Motown fast. You know, like, nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 Yeah, just all the fast, like, funky shit. Didn't they do that at the end of Star Wars 2? At the end of Return? Turn of the Jedi. Maybe the Ewoks did not sing. No, no, there was like, there was like, a, I could have swore there was like a parody of it in, in that movie. At towards maybe, the end, maybe, maybe a parody. It wasn't it. like like they were singing na 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 na. It was in the in, <laughs> picture. It was in the, in the in, it was in the band that they were playing at the, at the like the banquet at the end with the bonfire. Maybe, right? Maybe. I don't know. We have to look that up. Yeah, we have to research Google that. So it's a little, it's a, it's still a little bit of of research, but at the same time, you need to have like. You know, stuff that is pop culture, like, you know, there's certain songs that I have to play that are pop, not necessarily saying hip hop or R&B at Handlebar, but they're mm-hmm. pop within that scene, you know, and then there's stuff that I got to play that's pop. I'm just going to say I listen to Sirius Satellite Radio and then I just listen you to... You trying to get a check? Dude, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> going to hear this. No, no, they're not. No, I'm just saying I listen to Satellite Radio. I listen to regular terrestrial radio. Um, I think 103.1 in Austin is killing everything right now. A lot of other... I don't know. Just 
it is I don't know. I, I think like your mind's like a sponge, just try to absorb as much stuff as you can. I'm not just sitting here like trying to pick out certain genres that I wanna mm-hmm. like you know, concentrate on. It's just whatever I can take in. Then if it sounds good to me, then I, so I like it. Wh- what do you think? I think there's a um, big balance because you guys are music lovers. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of on the, uh, how you say, on the edge of what, you know, what's coming out and you just randomly pick out stuff. I go But, through cycles. Well, here's the thing. Like, how do you uh balance you know playing to the crowd and saying oh i've just found out about this great commercial uh, this is this is this is where you begin to slit your wrist at times <laughs> <laughs> because, okay for Not instance, because i know you guys know music right for, okay for instance like i love playing dance music and at rain i have the freedom to play some really hard dance music but at the same time i still have to play the kesha hit i still have to play you know a rihanna hit but then You, you know, and I'll squeeze in some really hard dance stuff. So it's walking that line of what needs to be done and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And some nights, because of the way the crowd might be acting finicky, you just have to play what they want all night. Because you could play, you could throw them that bone and they just might be like, screw you, pal. But do you do little tests? Oh, absolutely. Every DJ does it every night. Every every DJ, I think that that is creative And and without and knows how to walk the boundary. I think they do it every and single time. Trying night. to push boundaries, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, like we call it fishing. Like yeah. I just I throw something out there. If they See what bite, happens. if they bite, Good. they like it, then cool. If not, then you move on to the next song. Because no matter what, like you know, big you know club stuff, like you know, you know the the, the what you're trying to do is make money. So you got to keep people in there. To yeah, keep it's them a happy. business. It's, it's, it's a, a business, no matter what. Songs that I tr- that I want to try to test out, I just sandwich them in between bigger songs that I know will work. So that yeah. way if the song fails, mm-hmm. I've got something to back it up with. Yeah. Right. And if it works and, the, and and sometimes it's just because like the energy is good and the vibe is good. So you can play that song that you've never heard before. And if that energy keeps up, then maybe you could squeeze in one more unheard of. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just about keeping that vibe and keeping that energy because everybody's not going to be at the bar all night every two seconds. Right. So you got you 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 do the music with the changing of the tides. So that's why where the buildups and breakdowns come in. You know, you get these people really hyped up and dancing and kind of maybe taking some shots, but then you break it down and then they go to the bar and get a beer and then they come back and you build it up again. It's a workflow. So what's your policy on song requests? Here we go. I know. I was, it's touchy. I have to open that It's one. touchy, oh, man. man. I know, but I've asked that question okay. to all the details okay. I got okay. on the show. Okay, I don't have a problem with requests. I got a problem with stupid requests. Does What? that make sense? Yeah. So if I'm playing indie rock and, and alternative all night long, and you come up to me and tell me to play Drake, <laughs> is that a good request? <laughs> I've been playing for three hours. You've been there the whole time. And is that a good request? Absolutely not. <clears throat> Now, if you came up and you said, and you said, and you said, "Hey, man, can you play a new Cut Copy single?" I'd be like, "You, you, you got it. You fucking got it." Because it works. It makes sense. Yeah. Ninety nine point nine percent of shit that people want to hear does not make any sense. Ninety nine point nine. Okay, maybe that's shoot nine. <laughs> it's ninety eight point eight. If you want to be hold technical. On, hold on. This is the this is the selfish. Uh, Uh, ego protege talking. No, it, 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 it really is a really high percentage of requests that don't make no fucking sense at all. You just played Kesha Timber, like literally the last song, and dumb shit would come up and be like, hey, can you play Kesha? Where were you at? I just played it like literally right I now. I remember one time at the, at the park when the lights went on and someone came and requested a song. Yeah, like, are you fucking kidding me? They, like, that's my cue to, hey, your shift is over, you ain't getting paid another dime, lights are on, get the fuck out of here. And then tell me to play, a, I'll give you 20 bucks. Show me the money. 
<laughs> this is selfish, Jason. Coming <laughs> right here. Here we go. Hey, just missing the fact. Hey, when loves it all. Hey, when Yo. you been at, when you've been at work all day and then that buzzer rings and it's time to clock out, are you sticking around? Nah. Exactly my point. <laughs> What about you? I will say for requests, I, I particularly don't like them. I always think that, um, depending on the DJ, that the DJ is performing. And they're, they're giving you something, you know, hopefully that, you know, they're taking the time to, you know, to make, you know, somewhat valuable. So I, I like to tell people, like, think about it like this. Like, if Kanye West is performing and he's doing a set, would you go up to him and tell him, hey, can you do, you know, why don't you do Gold Digger for me? You did it earlier, but it's okay. Let's get it on one more time, <laughs> just for me. That's how I think requests are. I mean, depending on the DJ, like, because to me, I, every time I'm DJing, I view it as a performance. Like, I'm giving you something that I'm not going to just, you know, do every single time here, you know, day after day after day. Every mix is completely different right, every single time. Yeah. So I'm performing. So I think it's kind of shitty to ask a DJ to request a song. I mean, but I know people are going to do it. So that's why, I, you know... I get it. So most of the time, you don't if, they're, get mad if, they're, or anything. if they're cool and they're nice to me, if it's a chick or whatever, I'll I'll like if I know. Okay, look, I'm gonna tell you bitches right now. <laughs> <laughs> if I say I'm gonna try, that means it's completely in the short term memory of the back of my head. And as soon as you walk away, it's gone. Like if I say I'll try, that means no. I mean that's honest though. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Like, okay, it's, it's my, totally Russian, fine. my Russian, and I say that's that way. They leave me alone because I don't have time to mess with them. Like I, I hate that question. Like, Dude, what, what music do you have? What song do you have? Like, really, bitch? Like, I've got fifteen thousand songs. Yeah. And you want me to name off every single one? <laughs> well, can you can you play Kanye? Well, what song? Oh, anyone. And I'm like, I'm gonna play something you don't even know or like. They're like, okay, it's okay. And then and come then, back and, then, and be like, no, play a different, play the other one. And then. See, like this, this is what I have to deal with, and then I'm drinking and they're drinking, and like it's it, worse. And I feel like I'm Superman at the time because like I got like <laughs> I got like the the door guys right next to me, so I don't give a fuck. He's like, I got Jameson muscles. Yeah, <laughs> Jameson has like took its effect. No, uh, man, like okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In my, in, no, don't apologize. It's in my opinion, defense, man. and like say handlebar, for instance, right. I take pride in that the fact that I've created an environment that people go there because of what I've done and what the bar staff has done to create this environment. Mm -hmm. So by somebody coming in and requesting a song, that's changing what the bar is. That's letting the customer dictate what we have created. So they're in a sense going to be changing what we put so much effort to creating ourselves. Mm -hmm. And why they're there in the first place. So if the customer comes in and I let them dictate what the music is, then they're going to change the bar to what it is on Sixth Street and what it is on Rainy Street and stuff that that it, the bar is not. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't yeah, want I, what you're I don't want them to change the bar to what they want it to be. You went there because you liked what it was. Don't change it now that you're there just because you got a drink in your in your mouth and now you're and someone's doing it. birthday. You and it, yeah, you know. <laughs> don't oh, go to McDonald's demanding taco, pizza. Yeah, don't go don't go to Burger Place asking for pizza or don't go you know don't go out to a pizza place asking for tacos. Make that a shirt. Yeah, if you go to if you going out <laughs> for pizza, go enjoy some pizza. Yeah, man. <laughs> go go. To, I, I say people should go to venues you based barbecue you know, place for, for what for what they are. Uh -huh. Like don't go there to try to change it. Like if if you like you know the the vibe that's at this you know particular enjoy venue, it. Yeah, enjoy it. And I say to everybody, if you go enjoy like it, every type of venue. You guys should enjoy every type of music that's out there. Seriously, I mean, there's a lot. The the, the thing is, people get. You get the crowd that's just bar hopping and just stop in real quick and yeah. then they have a few uh, drinks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then they're like, I want to hear this. And then, well, if you don't play it, they're going to get the fuck I mean, out. Well, they're going to leave anyway. Yeah. As cruel as it may sound, man, I tell people all the time, like, if they don't, like, oh, man, can you play something different? And, like, I'll straight up tell them, like, look, I'm sorry you're not having a good time, man. There's, like, 80 bars down the street. I was like, I, and I'll tell them straight up, like, I'm sorry you're not having a good time. 
Mm-hmm. I hope you stay and I hope you enjoy the night. But if you're not having a good time, man, there's like 80 fucking bars within two blocks. And what what happens usually, at least to to me, I mean, I know I know I do it to you guys too, but I'm I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> but when people come to me, like when I post up by you, like at the park, for example, yeah, and I'm the buffer, and they come to me, yeah, no, they'll start requesting shit from you, yeah, for I know. me, like I'm the DJ, like I'm oh, but they be like, oh, the black guy knows the DJ, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I'm I'm gonna be, become friends with the black guy, <laughs> and then they go, hey, do, do you, uh, can you play this? I'm like, I'm not the DJ, he is. Well, do you think he can play it? I'm like. I'm not the DJ. I'm he not is. the DJ. He is what, well, and, and then I said, "Well, just tell me what it is." And I'll, I'm not a DJ, but I can tell somewhat. Just tell me so we can cut to the chase. Yeah, exactly. I speak and, and, turntable, and, and, and I'll say, uh, "Nah, I don't think it's. Gonna, <laughs> sorry, I don't think it's going to happen." But I mean, in those instances, you see how stupid the request can be. No, I do. I do. I mean, I, like, I, like I see it. Yeah, I mean, like, really, you're gonna you're gonna go to CLO and be like, "Yo, can I hear that new that new George Strait song?" I wish that could happen. No, that can't happen. Exactly, it won't happen. It's out of place. It's out. It doesn't. It's out of character. You just got to be smart about it. And but you know, most of the time they're drunk and they just walk in there like they they're just like thinking Kesha walking in. Kesha walking in. Timber, really, Kesha's Kesha. the go-to now. No, I'm just saying. Oh. Like it's a bit. It's I'm, a big stere- I'm stereotyping. Yeah. drunk women. Yeah, and pop music. pop music, or they want to hear Pitbull. I you know yeah. I ain't even hating on Pitbull. That's my go-to pop song. Like if I want to play something like man, you know what? Play yeah, like well, I see a handlebar. I can't do that because it's like I got a no Pitbull rule. In that <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that. No Kesha either. All right, so I know you guys got other stuff going on. They're just DJing everywhere every week. Uh, you're part of Booth Pimps out of Houston, Texas. So what is that like? How this uh, like a um, Wu Tang Clan of uh, DJs? <laughs> it kind of man. There is uh, Cracker Nuts is the same thing, so don't say that. <laughs> no, Cracker Nuts I think is more concentrated. Like I, I think there's a you know a big difference between. Well, not actually, not a big difference. They're, they're DJ. I mean, crews. It, it, both DJs crews are are, are very well rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you guys have the better uh, technical side DJs, like the better scratch and cut DJs, and I think we have more of the party, like more like. Like who's on your crew? We got uh, this. There's a dude, man. DJ Red just got on the scam from Booth Pimps. Like he, he's like real dancey. I mean, we've got a lot of dance DJs and stuff too, and a lot of you know club top forty hip hop DJs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we're well rounded in that aspect, very well. Whereas, I mean, they, like, they've Cracker got, Nuts is good. They well, have amazing technical does, scratch does, uh, killers, man. Well, I don't know how it is now, but um, both both crews, Crackers and Booth Pimps, uh, both crews have radio personalities that DJ on. Oh yeah, that too. Oh okay. You know, so they're both, and it's everything from from doing a pop gig and uh, to where in Houston we did the Mayor's Fourth of July party. Um, oh nice. You know, and then and then doing the stuff like our weeklies, and then like I said, both both crews have people in radio mm-hmm. that represent both crews on the radio like full time. Um, you know, um, they get to do what they want on the radio, unlike what you guys. No, nah, they're on no, no, no. no. college radio and BDS nah, radio are completely uh, different. Wow, yeah, it's, it's it's part of the machine at that point. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, both crews are really versatile. Like, I mean, there's people like Abonix and Rockwell in the booth pimps, and like Mike. I mean, these guys fucking sit there and crab and flare all fucking day to the blue in the face, and you're just like, wow. You know, just like the Cracker Nuts. It's just, you know. Yeah, you had a, um, who did you bring to the boat party? Baby J? Baby J. Baby J, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, he's, he's one of dope. the founding members of the, of the uh, Cracker Nuts. Why Cracker Nuts? It's, it's, a Filip- it's a Filipino thing, man. What is it about you two and Filipino? I don't know. <laughs> just can't escape. Dude. Um, I, okay, I don't, I don't know exactly where the Cracker Nuts came from. Um, but it was part of the radio show from the original radio uh, show from, uh, from the box. 
and it was it was the crazy cracker nuts uh and they did they did a late night show and it was like they were playing they were allowed to play whatever they wanted at the time mm-hmm. um and it just kind of stuck throughout the years um and then that's that's kind of but but cracker nuts are actually a Filipino snack that that, they, that there's a Filipino grocery store near my house that then and you get like the cracker nuts it's and it's like a snack like dried peas or some shit oh okay and it's crunchy and See, it's, oh, I know those sense. I know those I know those cracker but nuts. yeah it's and it's been like that since ninety seven ninety seven how long's Booth Pink been around I think it's pretty recent you really I think Johnny J oh, one six, of the founders. John- yeah, the Johnny, Johnny J, J is the founder of the Booth Pitch. He, he used, used to, to be, be a Cracker, cracker nut. nut, and he's Filipino. He's one of the founding members of the Cracker Nuts. Yeah. It was uh, Johnny J, Ronnie G, Baby J, and Clean Cut. All those old school nope. names. <laughs> no. yeah. Oh, we're going to shout them out later. So, yeah. Damn, I'm getting old. Shut up. We all are. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk hey, about... Clean Cut's 40. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about uh, the new Jack Swing thing. Uh, I had Kellen on my very first show. Yeah. And um, how did the new Jack? I didn't. We didn't talk. Up, well, yeah, actually, I think we did. Uh, so, how did it come up? Why are you three? From okay, this is how I. I'm the late edition. <clears throat> this is how I put in the story across. Uh, me and Kellen, we're probably drunk somewhere. Talk, you know, and probably we played a new Jack Swing song or something. I think we were Dirty Bills, and then I think we talked about, hey, we should do a mixtape. So we were gonna do this mixtape. I did. Th- I would do thirty minutes. He would do thirty minutes. So I did thirty minutes, and I think I still have this mix. And I, I did it. I sent it to him. He listened to it. And then I think he was gonna do his mix. And then we we're just two lazy bastards. So we we're like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's let's just do a night, and we're just gonna do New Jack Swing. Let's just promote it. And then Dirty Bills gave us a night to do it, and we did it, and we had fun. And we we, we recorded it, and I listened to it again. I, I listened to it like twice. I was cutting the grass. Like, wow, I'm sitting there like doing the Roger Rabbit, like cutting the grass and shit and everything, like having a good time. And I was like, man, this was fun. And we agreed, and we were just like, you know, let's just keep doing it. And then... Um, yeah, you guys did that at different places. Yeah, we, I, I had a goal to where I told Kellen, you know, when we were starting, I was like, I don't want to do it at one venue all the time because I don't want to be confined to that venue and let them help dictate what we do with the party because I want this... To be ours, no matter what we do with it. Right. I wanted us to be in complete control with it, you know, to choose our promoters, to choose where we do it, choose our guests, you know, and what we have to go along with it. So that's why we did that. And then when we got him along, then we got really creative and started thinking about... Protégé is on, on yeah. board. Well, it's like like that's where the music video stuff came in, and, and like, those were dope, by the way. And like, props on, props on the videos. <laughs> no, and see, the weird thing is, is like Jason's my best friend, and Kellen's the one that came to me saying, like, "Hey, we should have someone added to the group." And to me, I was kind of like, "What the fuck? Who you want to add?" Yeah, which is the weird thing because Mike was Mike never once said, "Hey, pro, I want you to be down." Never, never. Once. never. I, I never even said like, "Hey, let me be a guest at the party either." Uh-huh. That it was, was his Kellen. Thing. It was Kellen and I that asked. That. It was Kellen that asked, and I was like. That, that was weird. I was like, why does Kellen want Jason? And then I realized like Kellen's all in love with you and shit and like loves everything you do. So I was like, okay, that's why. <laughs> I was like, he brought Jason on board because he's he's he doesn't think I could hold my own. But it's okay. Oh, okay. I got your friends hard. <laughs> no, I mean I, I I think the dynamics of it, it might have been that Kellen saw the the, the the dynamics and how it could work. Because uh, me and Mike individually are not only like our own workhorses, but we we work and hustle well together when it comes to gigs. Uh-huh. You know, and me and Mike have always bounced off each other, like helping each other with gigs and at the same time doing gigs together that have worked out in the past really well. And then with Kellen, I, I just, 
you know, I, I, maybe he saw that work ethic and was just like, you know, like, yo, a, a solid DJ and somebody who fucking knows how to put in fucking effort. Yeah, I mean, those are so much fun. Seriously, I love them. Uh, I just like the fact that we can play shit that we like and people are there genuinely just because they like it too. I love it now that when people go, they don't request shit because they know what's Ex- going on. Like, exactly. they know what is going to happen and they get down to it and they accept it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's play some boys to men and let's put on a tie and a, a denim I tee mean, and let's get at it. I would say, I mean, I think because... There's so much going on. Whenever once in a while there's actually an actual dance party that everybody can get into and have fun and there's no bullshit and all that, it's always the best. Whether it's you know New Jack Swing or it's a feedback joint or it's a yeah, Chodiso's party, yeah, all uh, that shit. The body everything. rock yeah, or the, the body rock. Oh, stuff. It's just, it's just yeah. those are the things that, that you go to because what it is. And you and you really enjoy it, man. And you could act silly doing a Roger Rabbit exactly. in the middle of the dance floor. Nobody thinks you're crazy. Everybody's just like, oh, shit, I remember that. Yeah, just people go out, have a good time, enjoy these parties, enjoy all these great DJs that the city has to offer. Like, you know, why not? Most of those, every, almost all the parties are free. Yeah. And if you want to reminisce and feel young again and do all that shit and if, try if, to... If you're 30 and up. Yeah, if you're 30 and up. <laughs> if you want to do dances that... And and not feel stupid about and it. Go sing out and do along, it. Like, sing along. I mean, a sing good along. a good point, man. Honestly, is don't bitch about the scene being tired and being the same old, same old, same old. When these parties are there and you're not fucking going, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're gonna be there and be like, oh, I don't go downtown because this is the same old bullshit. There's shit going on, and there's shit that is very different and very unique and very creative that is going on. And if you don't make effort to go to those things, don't bitch about everything being the same because yes. that's not the truth. Look to the innovators. The innovators are the people that are going to do something different. Don't I mean uh, you? You can do what you want, but you like, can't go to Sixth Street and what? expect New Jack Swing. It ain't yeah, gonna happen. No, there. Yeah, you know, look to the innovators. Look to the people that are dreaming that want to do something different. Like why? Stay with the same shit. Like when you can have that all so the time. I get that all the time. Like people, oh yeah, I don't go out anymore. It's just yeah, and, I, and I that, get that a lot. And I tell them, said, so, it's there because just you not don't looking. know. Yeah, you're not one. You're not looking, and and two, you're not even you're not curious enough to find out. Okay, well maybe I have a friend who knows someone, or there's all these DJs in yeah. town, or maybe I never go to the East Side because I heard that the East Side was such and such, and then you end up going there and you find Orion doing some crazy shit at Boston. Yeah, yeah. Like, like say for instance, if you like Deep House, I can tell you right now, like you'd be like, there's no place downtown that plays the type of dance music. I'm like, oh, bullshit, go to Lanai on a Wednesday. Yeah. They play some of the coolest fucking Deep House. You know what I mean? And and, and like if you want like real true house music, go see Jenkins, Jason Jenkins on a Saturday night at Lanai. Go see DJ Filthy Rich at Rain, and they're playing like true house music not like house electro shit or, or or dirty dutch or anything like that they're playing true house music the point is the djs and the genres here, are out man. there they're every you know it's all out there so yeah, anyways you gotta do your homework new jack swing we wanted to make a different little party old school party that's what we want and we could be silly and people are like it's okay because people know that we're all goofy and we and we could be silly and it's okay. we want to put that across with all the videos we want to show that we're you know we're I can't fucking we're, we're, dance. We're just having fun. We we want to have fun with everybody. I can't I see, dance. You know, you know, Jason's having a good time. We start dancing behind his turntables. Yeah, <laughs> just start, start hopping left and right. Like, yeah, this is my shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Start like just playing. I think, his I think in all the videos, I do like the, probably the same fucking dance. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, you know, it's we, fun. It's we'll, fun. Like, don't take yourself too seriously. Go out there, have fun, dance it up. You didn't. You don't go out to watch other our people choreographer have a good time. Misa. Big ups. Oh, yeah, Misa, the choreographer. She yeah. does. She tries to teach us, but we suck too bad. Yeah, we suck too bad. I don't care. Those videos are hilarious. <laughs> That's the I, point. I think you guys are doing a That's good job. That's the point. It's supposed to be funny. And we're making fun of ourselves doing it. I mean, we play music. We don't dance. <laughs> That's what yeah. we do. 
Yeah, I'll leave. I'll leave it to the people who can really dance. That's Very not true. me. And big ups to Kellen for uh, man. He uh, he's had a lot of great ideas with all that. With Goofiest the uh, w- w- yeah, DJ whenever yeah, whenever we do all the videos, <laughs> I'm glad he last stopped one, ripping his shirt off because I mean I'm a Hulk Hogan fan and dude, the last video where he drank the the concoction that was the real. Blender, that was real. If you guys see the video? It's real, people. He drank. He he made that shit and, and it had garlic. Huh? Yeah, doing an obvious house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That that bit where he drank that margarita yeah. mix thing, there was garlic in it, paprika, um, hot sauce, beer, um, beer, margarita mix, tequila, vodka. It was it's <laughs> it smelled like death. There's Red Bull in it too. He really drank that shit. There was no like, dude. We filmed that video on VHS too, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Yeah, real yeah, VHS, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really drank that shit. That wasn't like some cutscene bullshit. He re- it didn't smell so bad. <laughs> And he guzzled Kelly, it. Kelly's a warrior, he, he, man. He guzzled it. He didn't half-ass I it. I love the guy. Dude, he, he went all in. Ugh. That dude's a maniac. <laughs> all right. And now it's time for instant feedback. Word association. Come on and give me that instant feedback. Come on and give me that instant feedback. Come on and give me that instant feedback. I want to know, want to know, want to know right now. What's the word? Bananas. No, I haven't said anything. Oh, yet. we ain't started yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to close your eyes, and I'm going to go one at a time, and then you tell me the first thing that pops in your head, okay? That's going to suck. Mm-hmm. It, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Shit, here we go. All right. <clears throat> Jason. Yeah. Serato. DJ. Okay. Mike. Boat party. Water. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's what popped in my head. It's what I saw visually. Okay. I was thinking I'm not judging. I was thinking headache. I'm not judging. Uh, Jason, dubstep. Whoop, 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 whoop. (laughs) 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 I don't know what that was. Uh, Mike, uh, crate digging. Turntable records. Jay, uh, that'll be easy. Jeep. Me. <laughs> By the way, I'm just gonna put a little. This man is into Jeep, like shit. Like Mike is into sneakers. That's your thing, right? I'm not. Yeah, I am. Well, not anymore. I, I mean, I am. I just I, I pickier pick, nowadays. I'm pickier, and I try not to let anybody know what I have anymore. Oh, they get what happens? Nothing. I don't know. I just he just I'm, like being secretive. Oh, you don't you don't take him out or anything, or you see what he's wearing? No, I didn't even know he had those. I'm his best friend. They're like my 05. Oh, nice. They're old. But you're big on Jeep and stuff. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like... By the way, if you follow him on Instagram, you see the pictures of all of his escapades. <laughs> Jeeps and fishing. In the country been. somewhere. Yeah. And... <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, look at my Jeep. I just added this. And I just added that. Look, yeah. at my th- look at my hard top. Look at my soft top. Look at my other top. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. My Jeep got clothes. <laughs> nice. All right, last one. Um... Uh, Protest in Ukraine. Fucked up. Reading about that today was not good. Oh. Do you know what he's talking about? Mm-hmm. No. You, you, know, 20, you know about 20? the anti-gay stuff that's been going on out there, too? I thought you just had that government. No, the, no, this is Ukraine. You talk, that's, uh, that's, that's for Russia. Uh, Ukraine, like 21 protesters died last yeah, night. Yeah, 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 something. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And the, and the government is claimed that, claiming that they're not using live ammo, but yet people are been into the hospital with bullet wounds and shit. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. I just the one in there, just uh, just for the hell of it. Dude, I mean, you say you say you say crate digging. The first thing that popped in my mind, I was like allergies. Really? If you've never like dug into crates, like it's so dusty and funky, like by the but then within thirty minutes you'd be sneezing and running nose. 
Actually, I, uh, I do W when I do. Nah, some. that ain't that ain't. No, I know it's got great digging, but I'm going through some no, stuff. No, I mean but like I get do get some dust in the face. Take him to like Piranha Records, where there's like a stack of like one dollar records that are like you know four or five crates deep, and you see like you don't see the dust, but it's there and it's funky, man. <laughs> I feel like it comes off the paper or something. Like when the, as the paper you know gets older, it's like you know kind of frailing off and everything. Yeah, like yeah, a lot yeah, of that cum- yeah. accumulates. I can see that. Like it's deteriorating. Yeah. 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 Guys, I've had an awesome time. Let's see what, what else we got to talk about. Let's go. <laughs> we were talking for an hour and an hour and five minutes. I, well, do, I don't got to be nowhere man, still Thank you for, for throwing flowers at me, baby. That, that's yeah, that was nice. cute. That, you guys are that's so cute. cute. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I got to tell you the story about San Francisco. With yes, Pro. yes, yes, All right, yes. So, please, please. So more about college radio. Um, oh, this Ja Rule story, too, never yeah, dies. Yeah, okay. So never. More, leading to it. Uh, this is 14 I, years ago. I did okay. I did college radio from uh, ninety six to two thousand one. Uh, the beginning of it, I did with T Double. He was my co host. Yeah. And the reason why I had a co host is because I I just didn't like talking to myself on the air, like in between breaks and stuff like that. So T Double got an album or did something, and he was gone and wouldn't come back. And then he called me and never came back. This fucker. What was that record label he was signed to? Good vibe. Good vibe. That's when I got him that deal. I I really did. Because I took him with me to uh, to San Diego. Shabam! <laughs> with Knickknack and uh, uh, and Vishnu and X-Man. In Anyways. No, we, uh, San Diego for uh, Gavin. Uh. Anyways, he becomes my co-host because he's just hanging around the radio station. Like, we're sitting right here. Like, Dude, he's, I tell you, I was into everything hip-hop. So mm-hmm. I'm doing the show, and he just hangs out, like, right there behind me, like, uh, at the door. I don't have a co-host. And, like, I'm, I'm about to do the air break. I'm like, yo, get over here. <laughs> We're going to do an air break. I was like, I'm just going to talk. You just talk back. We're going to turn the games. He'll be right here. Like, hey, we're We're on like that. So mm-hmm. we just start talking. And that's how me and Jason really became, like, friends. Like, I knew of him. Mm-hmm. And I kind of didn't like him at first because I went to this event, like, at the Union. Do you remember the Union events? Yeah. And uh, Brent used to do the B-Boy things right by yeah. the Wendy's. So you're DJing there one time, and, you, and usually it was just all the DJs I knew and all the DJs from radio from the radio station got to do it. I was like the guy who, who was just like the, the kid that was trying to hang out type shit. Yeah, he was. And then all of a sudden he was DJing. I was like, who the fuck is this? And there's like this DJ approach. I was like, who the fuck? I was like, who is he? They're like, he's in high school. I was like, what the fuck is he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Michael's hating on me. He didn't even know I know. Me. I was hating. <laughs> hey, I was hating. Hey, who's hating now? <laughs> <laughs> I was. And that's how I first met him and knew him. I still have a couple pictures back then. I don't know if you've seen him at the, at the Union. Anyways. I was skinny. Oh, well, I'm skinny now, but I was, I'm skinnier now, but. Yeah, you're skinnier I was thin. now. Yeah, yeah. He went, he did, he rolled a coaster. Had be- I had bead necklaces on and shit. He rolled a coaster. What's all those pictures? Hip hop, <laughs> hip hop, baby, hip hop. So uh, he's at the. Uh, <clears throat> that's how he becomes my co-host, and then that's how we really just became friends, and we just did the radio show all the time. <laughs> I gave away a date with him once. We like I tried to appeal to women on my show more than anything, like because I wanted women. There's listening. no way I, to chart who, who how many women are listening. But that's what I would throw in. Like I would I would throw in R and B remixes. Like I would I would throw in hip hop R and B remixes. He did, play, he did play like some like some R and B shit. Like like the freaking you remix with Raekwon and Ghostface. Like I was trying to play R and B but on a hip hop level because nobody at KVRX like I was the first person at UT to play modern R and B. Ever. That's what. Yeah, I. I think I. I think I. Michael's like that. the R and B guy. Back yeah, then. that's what. Yeah, I remember that because even when you did the nothing new, there was a lot of R and B. Yeah, I. I love R and B. I. I appreciate a person that can sing more than a person that can rap. Because to me, anybody can rap. Because you can. Anybody can rap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If someone you gave me lyrics when you're pissing and, and you go, have a good, you, you know, hey, hey, you didn't tell them about our rap records. Oh yeah, we used to rap too. We Bur- did Burberry and Louis Vuitton, baby. 
We did like three you songs. Pull those, no, you gotta pull those out and I'm gonna put them on Dude, the Dude, we had on the silver website. piece and chains and everything. Yeah, we ordered chains and like Louis. Uh, I had an LV one. Yeah. I had a B for Burberry. For we're Burberry. Our, we're our alter egos so, so for Burberry what, and Louis Vuitton. You, but what? Burberry and Louis Vuitton. Burberry and, and Louis Vuitton. And I was Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Yeah. <laughs> I can pull those out. I want to see those. I, I, I we have real songs. Uh, we did real songs. Are they, are, are they anywhere on YouTube or anything? We Christina had the last copy I knew of. They're on CD somewhere, but uh, I please think, t- please take them out. I'll try. I'll I'll try like they were them. fully recorded, mixed, and like written verses and everything. Yeah, we sat there, wrote down verses, everything. Then the inspiration was we were DJing for a Texas relay party. Uh-huh. And there were so many people there wearing fake Burberry and Louis Vuitton and, J- and like Jordan 11s with Burberry print. And yeah, we're like, this, shit don't we're like, this shit has got to stop. So we did it as a song to kind of make fun of it. So in the song, we bragged about like Michael was like, Michael's like, I got spinners on my teeth Te- and they shine. And I was like, <laughs> like all this stuff. And we came up with these fake accents and like, you know, like we were, oh, it, it was, it was pretty. We, we, we literally did and then three we, songs. We let people hear it. And they were like, this is pretty good. And then we looked at each other. We were like, like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Because we didn't tell people it was us. Yeah. We were just like, yo, what do you think of this? Christina let a bunch of people at Cool River hear it. And they were like, yo, this is pretty good. And we were just yeah. like, no. no you're like, just and a I joke. Did it, I did a real super cliche like hip-hop production for Southern Hip Hop's production. So it was like a lot of piano, a lot of organs, 808 drums. At and, the time, think and Little it, John, Young Bloods. I was all Houston. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Real like organ, Southern like <clears throat> gospel type of beats. And, mm-hmm. uh, and they were really cheesy to us. And the whole point was like we were really like cracking up and making fun of this shit. Mm-hmm. And people like we didn't tell people it was, it was like yo what do you think of this and like people <laughs> okay, were, like, please, pull, pull, please pull it out well, or, I'll, or I'll you guys fine. can rap right now if nah, you know. I'm, I'm retired I'm retired I'm, I'm too retired old. too yeah, yeah whatever I retired at 22 <laughs> <laughs> so what was the San Francisco thing then oh, oh man God. San Francisco uh, we're there for a Gavin convention uh, Jason comes with us co-host got to come with me everything we you know we're we're there on a I got convention. my registration by volunteering that yeah. sucked. I got away with it. It was like a six hundred dollar registration. He got a label to pay for his shit, uh-huh. so I had to so volunteer because I couldn't afford to pay for the registration. Well, he dragged you along. That's good. No, it was dope. I mean, we do we packed like six dudes in a fucking Chinese uh, hotel. Yeah, and, and he was in, he in the was middle in of Chinatown. Chinatown. I was, I was in a Hyatt because, uh, like back then when I was doing radio, the they record paid for everything. The record label was paid for all my shit. Yeah, I had to pay for my own. But back then it was bad. It was payola people like they were doing it for charts. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Anyways, so Mike gets like these secret invitations to his Jeff Jam Def Jam party, mm-hmm. and he was and he gave me one. He was like, "Here, you got to go to this later." Well, Mike was all wifed up at the time. He took his girlfriend with him, so Mike was kind of slow to go anywhere. So me and like a couple of the guys to get together. This is when I met Double J. Yeah, and I'd ran into him like after registration randomly. This is this white guy, and I started talking to him, and we ran into each other three or four times at like over over the next couple of days of the conference. Anyways, get to it, get to it. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. go to this Def Jam party, and, and it's I'm a treasure map. It's an actual treasure, a treasure map, map that yeah. opens up. It was dope. Uh-huh. And uh, it's it's to Treasure Island. That's where the party is. Yeah. Treasure Island. They renamed the Governor's Island in San Francisco Treasure Island for the Def Jam party. So I'm on a bus going over there, and I'm sitting next to uh, Jeru the Damager, um, who I had met two to three days before that. And so we had smoked when we first met, I, and I says I didn't really, even really smoke. I still don't to this day, really. And uh, so, <coughs> and uh, so, I ended up smoking like this massive blunt with uh-huh. Jeru on the way to the party. So by the time I get off the bus, I'm like crazy. I'm just, smoking, guys. Just because I wanted just to say I smoked with J-Ru. So I get there, and then uh, I end up like it's free Hennessy and, and Heineken all night. 
No, no mixers, no nothing. You want something with it? It was like Heineken, and they put like a slice of orange in it. I couldn't get a hold of him till the next day. It what hurt. Happened? It hurt say that. so bad, dude. I was double fisting all night. Um, so I'm just drunk as snot. I got pictures with JJ that I barely remember even taking. Turns out I end up going sitting at Ja Rule's table. This is before like the whole like Murder Inc. type thing took off, and he was still considered. This is like when Holla Holla came out. So he's uh, just on, on the, the cusp. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he and he had to be the, there because he was a Def Jam artist. Yeah, and he's on the Jay Z, the Can I Get a, you know? Yeah. So he's just like ready to pop. So he's sitting at a table. So I go sit down at the table and I start talking to him. And I'm like, <laughs> I just lean over and I'm like, it's murder. And he like, wouldn't stop saying it. He's just like, <laughs> it's murder, dude. <laughs> You got friends in New York that still tell me that story to, to today. Like, like, yo, you remember that shit? I'm like, barely, motherfucker. I was drunk. Like, I don't remember getting remember back how, to my hotel that night. I wonder what, what John was thinking. I don't, yeah. I don't remember the conversation at all. I just remember <laughs> that's, sitting down. That's all he could say. It's murder. <laughs> but you're like, this motherfucker here. Dude, this is 14 like, years I'm later. I, <laughs> I remember being at the party. I remember talking politics with David D. Um, I remember going to the bar and getting Hennessy and Heineken. I remember they had the stage set up in the back room where they had like Def Jam artists performing, like some of the new, younger artists performing, uh-huh. and uh, and they had like those round kind of banquet hall tables set up in one area, and that's where Ja Rule's sitting at. And I just happened to be sitting like a table or two from him. Why did like, what, why did one of his goons like pull you away or something? No, I don't know. I don't know, but I just walked up to his table and was just like, like, was like sat I'm down. I just, <laughs> I just rolled up. I was working for Blastro.com at the time. That's what it was. I was because I was doing I was guest hosting for Mike and I was hosting and producing my show with Blastro.com, uh, my TV show. And uh, so I had my business cards and I just sat down and like that. <laughs> I don't remember much of anything other than that. I just remember walking over and sitting down and like and it's, it's been like it's been like one of the laughing stock stories fucking for 14 years. Probably tell that story. Dude, Nick Nack met Pink over there and he came up to me cuz we had to share the room. Loud Records paid for him. He's like he's like man, I met some girl there with pink hair and she won't like she thinks he's a shit. And that was Pink? Yeah, and then like a couple months later she has that song like during the summer like the uh uh, I, f- I forgot what the yeah. fuck it's like. But anyway, then she got big. That that same that same year, I went to Common's hotel room, met Common, and drank Hennessy in his hotel. The drink was Hennessy that year. Everybody had Hennessy sponsorships. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so awesome. I'm like, dude, from me to you in ho- in Common's hotel room, drinking Hennessy, hanging out with all the record label execs, and just drinking. And Common's right there talking like if anybody was today. And this is only this is during like Water for Chocolate, I believe. Oh, okay. So Common was established, but he wasn't a pop star yet. Mm-hmm. And so we were just in there chilling, kicking it. It was a really cool experience, man. Nice, nice. I was so drunk. <laughs> Dude, that, that's fat drinking, Jason. Fat I drinking, Jay. Got to come back, man. Yeah, he's got to uh, make a comeback. And then give you a mic. I'll have you back for a feedback party. i make you a drink and, and uh, give you a mic just for it's the It's been five years since I drank. He uh, he's, he's ready. Be, he's ready to have a, he wants a good quality beer, it'll and be one bad. day he'll. But I want to be there when that happens, dude. I think like I think, there's, 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 there's a line. Everybody, everybody wants we'll to be there. There's a line saying, "Hey, when you have your first drink, let me know." Yeah, let me know. All right, I'll do to that. Well, YouTube it. Now. See, I used to get drunk with back all the time. No, no, you didn't, dude. I used to get salty at Barcelona. Yeah, I know. Not with me. Well, I mean, well, you're at the party. Yeah, I was there. I was there to watch. It was hilarious. Yeah. All right. Was it plug time? Yeah. So yeah, well, I could talk to you guys forever. We've been talking for an yeah, hour. Yeah, I know, man. And uh, and uh, thank you, man. This has been fun. No, I appreciate really, it. Really, really fun. It. So uh, where can people find you? Follow you? Uh, take I mean, pictures of you. The Facebook page is uh, what's your address? The Facebook page is <laughs> DJ Protege, um, or I'm DJ Protege, or the real the real DJ Protege, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, my website uh, DJProtege.com, all one word, pretty simple. Um, Twitter. 
Man, that's too much shit to remember. If you can get, if you can find DJProtege.com, it'll link you to everything. There you go. <laughs> I'm mostly at Mike Swing for everything and um, DJ Downtown Austin. Most you can of the catch time. me on PlayStation Network, DJ Protege. <laughs> yeah, you can catch me on PlayStation Network. Yeah, at hey, Mike Swing. PS4, Call of Duty. What's up, Ghost? What's up? Uh, yeah. So, just, where, where can people find you like on the regular, like on a weekly? Um, so Thursday I'm at Rain on Fort and Lavaca. Friday I'm at the park. Saturday I'm at Handlebar, and then Sunday I'm at Rain for my my happy hour brunch party on uh, Sundays at five. All right, and Thursday I'm at J Black's doing a throwback uh, night. Right. It is a throwback. I didn't know. Yeah, we're starting to do throwback, so uh, it's a mixture of everything. I try. I do the same thing. I try to keep it below the year two thousand. I do the same. It's thing a new, nothing new. Kind of new, nothing new. But it's more for like a happy. I wish I could get the energy up later on in the night, but it's just West Sixth Street on Thursdays. Just isn't. All right. it isn't what he's. All right, guys. Anyways, if, if you hear this, go bum rush the place and then start <laughs> dancing. Because yeah, do move, it. Move some chairs around and then. I encourage it. Bum Hell rush yeah. in the front or the back. In the front too. In the front, on the left, yeah, when you walk in, left, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you hear this, just go out there and uh, you know, do it. Come moves. out there, and I and I, I will, uh, I'll supply the music. Oh, that, okay. Where, before you forget, where you at on Friday and Saturday? Sunday? Fr- Friday, uh, Handlebar. Uh, Saturday at Brew Exchange on West Six, and Sunday for the Park uh, brunch. Yes, so six Saturday. years now. Yeah, the Park brunch has been been a while. A very very fun gig. Yeah, and, yeah it's uh, fun. It's a lot of fun. I love it. I just uh, watch the 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 degradation mm-hmm. <laughs> of like like I was saying in, in my other podcast, like the dignity starts just goes out the window. Self respect goes out the window. People just drinking. Yeah. Sunday fun day. You know you know how that goes. Such, um, such a long day Sunday. Oh I know I know. Yeah, I listened to that one at the, my last episode. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, anything big coming up? Any New Jack Swing thing? We still uh, we miss New Jack Swing uh, this year for February because there's some stuff going on. Well, yeah, everybody was so busy over the holidays, and it's just it's just it. Well, I'll, I'll holidays is our time, but at the same time, yeah, it just through Christmas and everything rolling to New Year's and then rolling into January. We'll have so one fast. after after South by Southwest for sure. All right, that, that, well, make sure. the announcement. I'll I'll definitely plug it in. Anyway. Word, definitely. So, uh, let's see what's going on this week. Uh, Thursday at Lanai, there's this. Uh, there's a new DJ collective called Four Jacks. I don't know if you heard of yeah, it. Yeah, that's uh, Aaron. Yeah, um, Aaron Blendy. Uh, yeah, Blendy. Jamon, Mike Denham, and Kadabra. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. It's uh, house music, so it's good stuff. Not a big. Well, I love that kind of house. The kind of house they play, I like. I like Blendy. She's cool. Yeah, yeah like Blendy's, Blendy's awesome. She's, she's uh, free champagne for ladies from eight to ten. So that's hey, going. girl. Hey, <laughs> get that champagne. I hate champagne. Like, honestly, all you Sunday Funday people, why Chris do you guys drink overrated. champagne? It's a dollar. All, yeah, that's, that's, it, that's all there is. That's yeah, all, don't you're think, right. Don't you think further what? than that. You're right. You're, that's all you're, there is. You're damn right. And with some some uh, a, dr- a drop of OJ or whatever that swamp thing they put Dude, in. Dude, they, they I call the swamp one. The, 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 oh, the green one? one? Yeah, I call the swamp. swamp. God, you know, I've yet to swamp have mimosa. I've never had a mimosa there ever. Okay, I'll get you one next time. No, I stick with my crown. It don't, it don't, it don't taste bad. It really don't taste it's bad. It's not that bad. It, it just, it just. You'll be, you'll be okay. I promise you. It's like it tastes like bubbly OJ. It's all it does. Yeah. All right. So what else is going on this week? Uh, Friday, there's the Fantastic Forty Fives. Like you guys heard about that? No. At the, at the vinyl room. It's uh, Natasha Dix from New York, DJ Misbehavior from New York, Chicken George, DJ Ash. I did hear about this. I saw that. 
Yeah. Um, also, Friday's uh, Dick Nixon's two-year anniversary party. Oh, that's true. That is true. Oh, I'll, Chris, I'll, yeah, I'll Chris, get, Christoph from San, uh, Seattle's going to be here. Yeah, for that. so that's yeah, nice. Go check out Barcelona, too. Um, let's see what else. What else? Saturday, uh, Mel and Orion are playing at Volstead. Oh, nice! And when those two get together, it's crazy. Like I've been, Orion's uh, such a good friend, dude. Yeah, Orion. And I, I've a, been I've been hanging out with that guy for such a long time. He's the first guy I met that knew dancehall when I came to Austin because really? I met him in college. I oh. was in college at the time, and dude, he used to be really big in the dancehall. Yeah, he's the first guy. I, I, I was he used to be in like rhythms, a, and he goes, yeah, 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 that one, that one, that one. We used to just like play. Dude, he used to, like like I sold him a set of turntables and a mixer like years back, and. uh and that dude like used to rap like he had his like his MPC and everything set up and he would like rap like dancehall style yeah like in the garage that is dope yeah yeah Orion dude knows his shit man yeah dude Orion knows that his is shit. dope does Baby G do they still do Ring the Alarm or anything anymore uh, Baby G's gone I know uh, Mighty's gone I think Vibe still does it where's Baby G at. He he's in town. He just doesn't spin. Yeah, very doesn't much. spin anymore. Uh, he's, he's got his professional it, yeah. career. Guys, yeah. I hope we can get him out to play. Yeah, we, we'll, I really do. We'll work on that. Uh, what else is up? Uh, Saturday at Holy Mountain, uh, Bert Peterson, Gogo Garcia, Boom Baptist, and Keeper. You guys know Keeper? It's no. uh, Aaron, Yadira, and uh, oh, she's going to hit me if I forget. Did he say Medea? Laney. Yadira. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have, a, they have a group together. It's really nice. It's really R&B-ish. It's kind of... Yeah, I know Laney. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So that's going out at Holy Mountain uh, with Dub Academy people. And that's about it. That's all I got. And you have the regulars. You have Nasties on Mondays, Motown Mondays, all of that. Motown uh, Mondays, is that still over at Frank? No, Motown Mondays is that vinyl room. The place that pretty much dig is... Yeah, the new one. Like what Fuel used sounds, to be? Yeah. You go inside, you, there's a door, and hey, you end up in the still last hey, lounge hey, with a wall of vinyl. It's real shit. cool. It's nice. It's nice. So that's Wait, what it's I, got a wall of vinyl just like the W? Yeah, it's not as big. It's like a small. It's small. But it's a nice joint. I mean, it's on, it's they, it's on 6th Street, so I got to give them props. That's why I like the place. And it's it's not 6th Street people. It's grown. Yeah, they, they have their own identity for what they're doing. I respect that. I hope that it continues yeah. to get just get better. They've got great DJs there. So I mean, right next to Chupacabra, man, if they keep it, like, keep it eclectic and they can draw from Chupacabra, because those people will go to that type of event. Yeah. But and they got Kebabalicious right behind it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I want to thank uh, you guys for coming out. I really appreciate it. Word. Thank you. Thank uh, you. When it comes out, uh, definitely share it, comment. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to. I want to hear. I, I want to get some feedback because that sounds corny, but without your feedback, there is no feedback. So I want to know what you guys think. Uh, I want to do it again. Because <laughs> think about all like the like the superhero stories and adventures we've been on, and we ain't even touched on half of them. Oh, uh, we'll be back. Like we'll the time back. we went on Mountain Dew tour. We were talking about that today on our trip to Colleen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll save that one for another time. How DJ Sean C in Seattle got his name on Mount, on that same Mountain Dew tour? Yeah. Who? How we went C. to a strip club and paid for everything with Mountain Dew on that tour? Sean C is a. Stop teasing me, man. We got to come back for All right, round you'll, two. Be back. you'll be back. You'll be back. Sean C is a, a Macklemore's old DJ. They yeah. had a party for like five years. He's from San Antonio. You guys are teasing me so much. I could keep those uh-huh. mics going, but I don't know if people will be, <laughs> will be like. No, nah, we'll come back for part two. We'll come back. Yeah, for we'll, part two. Part, we'll, do we'll do a part, part two. two. I'm down. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Uh, look up the feedback BAK. Uh, comment if you got questions. Email at podcast at thefeedback.com. We got big things going on with South by Southwest. We have a group meet thing that we're doing, like we did last year. We had a bunch of people in the group meet chat chat thing. 
And then everybody was sharing information, RSVP links, and they were talking in real time, saying, hey, I'm over here. I remember that from last year, yeah. Yeah, so we're doing it again. So I'll get on, hell yeah. I'll I'll, I'll send out, I'll make an announcement. We have a new group. We already have people talking. I just started today. Uh, Also, we're all working on on a a mobile app, too, that will help people make the most out of their night. And I will have DJs involved. It's going to be crazy. So stay tuned for that. We'll make the announcement. And that's it. That's all I got. Thank you, everybody. Till next time. Bye, guys. Ciao, ciao. God bless. Good night.